Hello everyone, and welcome back to Solo Encounter. This time around, we stopped at the goods store where Zizix had charmed that pesky alchemist who just wouldn't answer his questions. So, where are we going now, and how are we taking care of it on this episode of Season 1 of Solo Encounter? Zizix stood and studied the woman. She was a little frazzled. She was probably not the best alchemist that he'd ever seen. No one could ever take the place of Flachach, which was the sound that he made whenever he thought of his alchemist friend who used to give him uh, used to give him ingredients when he was back up north. Huachach was uh, a great alchemist, could make the greatest bombs and the greatest chemical fires, but uh, really was uh, a rock when it came to conversation. In fact, he could have been mistaken for a rock multiple times. But Huachach had nothing on this woman, which disgusted Zizix. Zizix really, really wanted to take her out, but considering that this was not the best way to ingratiate himself to North Bank after day two, it would probably be better to just keep her quiet instead. At that point, the clerk and the owner and Varney walked out from the stashes, uh, carrying out some of the more expensive items that they had for sale. Zizix turned and looked at them both, shook his head and said, you know what, I'm not interested in it. The owner stopped and was agape, staring at the clerk and then back at Zizix, but Zizix rolled up his sleeve, lifted his hand, and said, I don't need your goods. I don't need anything from you. I just wanted to see if you had it. And you did. And that's good, because now that Varney knows where it is, if I ever need to come back, I know that you're not lying to me. You would hate to see what would happen to you if you found out that you were lying and I had to punish you for it. You don't want to see the punishment, do you? The owner stammered a bit, but the clerk had enough. He dropped the tray of ingredients, expensive ingredients, on the floor, causing powders and hearts and other things to scatter on the floor. The owner was disgusted and tried to reach out and grab him, but the clerk slipped away and knelt down and got face to face with Zizix. How dare you? How dare you come into this place and sully it with your goblin stench? You can't even be here. You're not even supposed to be here. You should be dead. I will go find the best warriors and I will have them kill you. Zizig reared back and slapped the clerk with his tiny little hand, scratching his cheek along the way. You're hysterical, and I understand that. But you have to understand this. I am never going to let you forget what happened here, and I am never going to forgive you for doing this to me. 
I merely asked to conduct business, and you fought me tooth and nail. So, at that point, I have one over on you. I know where your stores are now, and I'll come back and take them when I wish. Do I make myself clear? The clerk struggled, trying to contain his rage, but the owner grabbed the clerk and dragged him back, stammering. But, yeah, I, yes, yes, that's understood. The next time you come in, you'll receive what you want, and you'll receive a discount. Just leave us be. Get out of here and take your, your women, your whores out of here. I don't need goblins and their whores. Zizix turned to Varney and watched as she turned flush red, swelled with anger, and almost looked like she was going to transform, but Zizix caught her attention and shook his head. She stopped, walked over to Zizix, and folded her arms, staring at the two men. Are you sure that we shouldn't incinerate them right now? Varney asked. Zizek smiled and said, no, we have a guest here, and pointed to the alchemist. Varney gasped and walked up to the alchemist and waved her hand in front of the vacant stare pressed on her face. Noranda? Zizek blinked, Noranda? Who names their child Noranda? Varney turned and stared at Zizix and said, Who names their child Zizix? I'll have you know that Zizix is a strong name, a name filled with tradition and heritage amongst my people. Zizix means... I don't care what Zizix means, Varney said, and motioned for Zizix to come closer. Noranda is a powerful alchemist. When she finds out what exactly happened here, she'll be very, very upset with us. Zizix paused for a moment and shook his head. No, no, because she won't remember what happened here. See, she was completely obsessed with a dream. A dream of a ghost king coming to see her. So, I think it's time to put her at ease make her calm, and hope that she can lead us to this particular creature. We're going to escort her home, and we're going to make sure that she has the best that she has to offer. Oh look, there happens to be ingredients on the ground that are ruined now, aren't they? The owner turned red and grew flustered, stammering even more, but Zizix held out his hand, and acted like he was going to destroy another display in the, sh- in the showroom floor. Zizix didn't keep take his attention off of the ingredients, though, and pointed at them, saying, Look, these are ruined, aren't they? I think I should take them off your hands, shouldn't I? The owner stopped stammering, looked at his companion, the clerk, and motioned for him to get a box, a wooden crate that they can carry all the ingredients in. 
as the clerk knelt down and picked up all the ingredients, the owner stared at Zizix and offered him one final warning. You're now stealing thousands of gold from me. I could make a hefty profit off of these, so you get no discount, and you're no longer welcome here. The deal is off the table. Sizzik shrugged and snapped his finger as dark energy erupted from another curio cabinet holding some very fine china and some more powder, this time a cobalt blue that he knew was critical for creating healing potions. He smiled and nodded and said, message sent loud and clear. Be glad that I'm only taking what you have and only destroyed a portion of your store. I suggest you clean up the rest because I'm pretty sure the tenants here will be very displeased to know that their store is serving them defective goods. I would hate to have to walk out there and tell them the truth about this place. Zizik's motion for Varney and Noranda to follow, and they stepped outside. Noranda walked past them for a moment and stopped, where Zizix whispered to her, show me where home is. And with that, Noranda led Zizix and Varney to her home. Now, the home of the alchemist was across the river, and was nestled in an area of thick forest and thick trees. It was a well-hidden spot that could have been disguised even better with simple forms of illusion and misdirection, but since Zizix knew that Noranda was an alchemist, those particular tricks were probably a little bit out of her league. They walked up to the front entrance and allowed Noranda to unlock the door and walk through leaving the door open for both of them to walk in. When they both walked in, they noticed that nothing was out of place. Everything was sorted and clean, as if no one walked through here at all, but yet everything was tidy and spick and clean. No fingerprints, no dust, nothing. It appears that Noranda was actually quite obsessive about her cleanliness. She walked to the table and sat down, placing her hands on top and stared off into the distance. Varney grabbed Zizix and pulled him over to the corner close to where the kitchen was, and motioned for him to follow. I don't know about you, but waking up Noranda from this terrible, terrible nightmare is going to be an issue. If she believes that this person has intended for her to be a queen... I don't think any type of change in mass hysteria is going to make this different. You have to let her out of her trance 
and we have to get out of here as soon as possible. I don't want to have her upset. Dizzy considered it for a moment and relented, knowing that she was right. If there was something that was visiting Noranda, then it would be the in their best interest to make sure that she was untainted. But they still had to get some sort of control over her. Based off of the cleanliness and orderliness and all of the different quirks that she had while they met and while they talked, it was going to be difficult to keep her under control. So he decided to suggest to Noranda that she needed to be calm. She needed to maintain her composure and allow the ghost to tell her more, to allow the ghost king to say more. Because with that, it would mean that they could find more information and perhaps solve this ghost problem that bothered North Bank. And with a snap of his fingers, the spell ended, and Noranda blinked a few times, looking around to her entryway and looking at her reception area and down to her study and then over to the kitchen and looked lost for a moment. Where, where, where am I? Zizek smiled and pointed to the bedroom that was far off in the corner of the house. It sounds like you had a rough day. You got really, really worked up about that ghost and kind of hyperventilated and passed out. So I had my companion here help me take you back to your home so that way you can get some rest. I would hate for you to wake up in the middle of nowhere and be violated by someone. That would be a horrible tragedy that I wouldn't be able to stand. Noranda stared at Zizix for a moment and nodded thoughtfully, a blank stare on her face. You're right. You're right. I should. I should be taken care of. I should be. Should be better. Thank you. I I appreciate it. Zizix nodded and motioned for Varney to leave. We'll be taking our leave. We know where you live now, so in case anything comes up, we'll be happy to come back and make sure that you're taken care of. We don't want anyone to have an issue here when they come by and talk to you. No one deserves to be hurt in this situation. We just need to get some information, that's all. Noranda nodded again and pointed to the bedroom. In the back, there's a shed. That shed has a spare key to get in in case something happens. I want to make sure that everyone knows that I'm okay, and only one other person knows where this key is. Zizix took a moment and asked the question that was on his mind. Are, can you tell me who knows where this key is? No, and, and, and I can't tell you anything more. I, even me just saying that someone else knows where it is 
is a bad, bad situation. I, I, I shouldn't have told you, but I, I need to make sure that someone else knows knows where it is just in case something happens. I, I, I need to make sure that my creations are safe. I need to make sure that my formulas are safe. Sizzix nodded and patted her on her hand. Absolutely, I, I understand. We'll take our leave now, and we'll return back to North Bank. If anything happens, try to find us and let us know. I'll be staying at the end. And with that, the two of them took their leave. It was about a late day by the time Zizix and Varney arrived back to North Bank. And they debated trying to do something else. There are a few more homes. There are a few more places that they could visit. Including a shop called Books and Paper that Zizix had spotted multiple times. He wanted to make sure that he received another book to write more spells in. He wanted to start it off with this new spell that he knew he could find, but he figured that could wait for another day since the day was waning and everyone was ready to go to the inn and have their festivities, and break bread with each other, it was probably best for him to return back to his shed behind the end and rest up. He needed to make sure that he was going to be well-stocked not only in potions and supplies, but in his own magic as well. And with careful study and rest... The night passed into the next day. The next morning, Varney pounded on the door to the shed, causing Zizek to flutter his eyes and push himself off the ground. Varney, if this isn't important, I swear I'm not going to teach you anymore. But Varney didn't say anything. Varney instead kicked down the door and charged in, panting furiously, looking over her shoulder. Is there a reason why you decided to destroy this door, Varney? Oh, sorry, sorry, I, I, I didn't realize. I'm, I, I'm just, I just needed to tell you. And Zizix plopped back to town, stared up at the ceiling inside. Let me guess. Something happened with the alchemist. Yeah, so something happened with the alchemist. You would have never guessed what happened. She was attacked, wasn't she? Yeah, uh, she was attacked. It was amazing. Apparently, there was uh, fire and magic and... and how, wait, how did you know? Zizix rubbed his temples and continued to stare at the ceiling, wondering when the pain and the misery would stop. For being a cheap trip up the river, this was probably going to be the most time-consuming and expensive venture that he's ever taken in his entire life. He spoke through gritted teeth. Because something always happens when you come in and you tell me these things... This is a magical town. Magical towns do magical things, Varney. 
Varney took a step back and bowed her head. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It's okay, Varney. I just needed to make sure that I received enough rest. And I have just enough to recover. But please, if you're going to have an emergency like that, it can wait for another half a candle, please. Now, tell me what you know about the alchemist and what happened. Varney began to tell him everything about the wild story of a ghost visiting her one more time, of traipsing through the woods, of making things fraught with danger, fire tracing around, following in his wake, and making fires erupt in the forest. When Varney went to go check in the morning, the house was fine, but no one was around. No one answered her knock, and no one would come to the door. She had assumed that the alchemist had slept multiple days or multiple hours just based off of the magic that Zizek used, but Zizek shook his head and stared at her in disbelief. No, charm doesn't work like that, and neither does suggestion. Those two generally don't take that long to recover from. It's kind of like drinking a little bit too much. You might be a little uh, upset in the morning, but in the long run, you're probably not going to suffer any ill effects. That means something happened to her. But we're not going to find out anything until we find out who has this other key. Varney blinked a few times. Other key? Zizix nodded, pushed himself up to his feet, and grabbed his staff, leaning against the wall. There's another member of this town here who has a key to get in. And with that, if we don't narrow it down, we can't determine if something happened to her from a physical plane or the metaphysical plane. So, we're going to have to go around and ask some questions. But first, before we ask questions of others, I have a question to ask of you. Is there anyone here that you would consider a close friend of Miranda? Varney shook her head and thought for a moment, it's Noranda. I don't care what her name is, Varney. Can you just tell me who is the friend with the alchemist that we just saw that we had to take home because she was hysterical? That person there, I don't care what her name is. Tell me who her friends are. Varney took another step back. I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I just need to know just why won't anyone answer my question when I ask Tell me who is the friend of the alchemist. Who would you suspect would have a key to her place? That would be Han. Han Molson. And have I met Han Molson? No, he wasn't there when we were having the discussion yesterday in the end. And I don't think I've seen him out and about recently. 
So you're telling me that there's another person out there who's just as crazy as these people here? Farney stopped and scowled. You know, I live here too. Sizzix nodded, smiled, and said yes, but you are crazy, but you're crazy with me, so that makes it different. Tell me where exactly Han lives, so that way I can start checking up on my own. If I remember correctly, Han is on the west side of town. I can't quite remember, but I believe that he's on the west side of town. Somewhere over on the edge, by one of the many roads that leads out of town. Well, I'll explore the west side of the town, and you check the docks in the east side of town. We won't worry about the north or the south side of town, since really nothing interesting happens up there, or down there anyways. Meanwhile, once we figure out what's going on when it's high noon, when the sun is high in the sky, let's meet back here at the shed and make sure that we understand where we're going. We need to be on the same page. Now, I think you should go before it gets to be too late. Varney nodded, turned around, and ran off, disappearing through the inn, and off to her adventure. Zizix grabbed his spellbook, tucked it into his small, tiny, very small cloak, his robe, and walked out of the shed. He only took three steps before Han Molson stood in front of him. He was a handsome man. Not quite middle age, but still rugged, good-looking, a little arrogant, and a little cocky. He loomed over him and studied Zizix for a moment. Zizix studied him back, but this time with a clear look of annoyance. If there isn't a reason why you're stopping me, then I would suggest you leave, because I need to go find someone. Oh, and who are you looking to find? Han asked. And if I told you, would you tell me where that person is? Why would I? You're a goblin. Not only you're a goblin, you're a goblin who's a magic user. And because of that, that makes you a dangerous person here, especially in this community. True, but unlike the rest of your companions, you could have some hospitality and actually answer my question. So, will you tell me if I ask you who are you, and will you help me find the person I'm looking for? I will, but first, tell me who you're looking for, and then I might tell you. Why is this village so dead set on their games? Fine, I'm looking for Han. I hear that he's a friend of the alchemist, and I want to ask him a few questions. So if you're not going to lead me to Han, then I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to get out of my way. 
Well, you're in luck, because I am Han. Han Molson. Han hand out, stuck out his hand and waited for the goblin to shake it. Zizik stomped and stared at the hand, knowing that this was not going to go the way that Han wanted, but Han continued to stick out his hand anyways. I am a friend of the alchemist. I'm a friend of most people here. There are only a few people that I don't get along with, and you happen to be one of them, but I know that you're looking for something important, and I know you're trying to help out this town for some unknown reason. I have a feeling that you are scouting out this village in order to take it down to make sure that we're all slaves to the goblin race, the goblin horde that's coming in your wake. Zizix tilted his head and stared at Han. You really are an idiot, aren't you? For being a very, very smart person, you really are stupid. I'll tell you this right now. The Goblin Horde doesn't come with me. It doesn't follow me. If anything, I'm an outcast. I'm here to find knowledge because I want to go back to the Horde. And I want to make sure they suffer for what they've done to me. So you can take your stupidity and you can go take it out to the river for all I care because Han moved his hand and placed it between Zizix and his face. I'll tell you what you need to know. I'll tell you everything you need to know. But you need to do something for me first. I need you to stop casting magic. I need you to never cast magic here in this town ever again.